CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by LexisNexis Litigation Solutions. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjog All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjog All. Good morning and welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Here are the winners of our New Year New Book Contest. A big thanks to all who entered. We saw some really great topic suggestions. Congratulations to Stephen Evans, winner of the CIO Playbook for his topic on building business relationships. Michael Ambrosino, winner of the Blue Ocean strategy book for his topic on business intelligence models within higher education. And lastly, Wilbert Williams, winner of the social organization for his topic on gamification's impact on modern Salesforce. Thanks again for all the entrants. Connect with CIO Talk Radio on our social networks, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter for future special promotions. And as always, join our conversation on Twitter, hashtag CTR Live, hashtag Big Data. Today's topic is, can big data help sales make its numbers? And I have with me Dr. Kathy Fox, who is the head of informatics, Aetna Financial. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. Thank you. Uh, so, so things are going well with you. How's business? Business is always good, and, and especially with the changes that we're seeing in the healthcare landscape coming up with the new healthcare legislation, business is even better than ever. Great. And also we have Kevin Kramer, who is the head of sales analytics and optimization at Aetna. Good morning, Kevin. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Good morning. So so the life is the same for you as uh, Kathy. Both of you work closely together? We do. And uh, it's an exciting time to be in the healthcare industry. Yeah, could not could not agree more. So now the topic that we have picked up today about big data and sales, while they might look the the the, the two different poles which may otherwise never connect, uh, would like to explore how the connection can be made and how folks can make their numbers. Now coming to the first question, I'll start with you, Kathy. With the competition getting fiercer every day, how do you think the sales function is actually adapting? To maintain and grow their numbers, are they doing anything new and or different, or they are removing anything old that they have been doing in form of a destruct, creative destruction, if you will? So, so maybe it will help our listeners if I just take a moment and talk a little bit about how health insurance is sold, because that has an enormous um, impact on the sales function that you're describing today. So when you look at an organization like Aetna, um, we have about uh, 18 million members. The large majority, however, of those members are come to us, as it were, through what we call plan sponsors. And so that tends to be large employers. And so many of the decisions that are being made about the purchasing of health care is really being done not by an individual member, but by um, someone who is representing that organization, whether it's the director of benefits or it's the chief financial uh, officer or someone like that. And for smaller um, organizations, you know, companies of 15, 20, 50 employees, a lot of that work is actually being done through the use of what we call them brokers, so people that help that those companies think about 
the purchase of health insurance. One of the major things that's happening with the change in legislation is obviously the expansion of health care coverage to individuals who previously had trouble purchasing insurance. So what we would talk about is the growth of individual coverage. And that obviously is changing tremendously um, how we're thinking about things from a sales perspective. And um, Kevin's been very intimately involved in some of the thinking around that, and so I'm going to turn it over to him now let him say a little something about that. Thanks, Kathy. Um, let me just compliment what she's saying uh, by, by coming back to the, the core topic of, of this hour, and, and that is the fact that uh, sales activity, uh, whether that's direct to the consumer or, as Kathy pointed out, in our case, mostly intermediated through brokers, is becoming more uh, analytic and quantitative than ever before. Um, we work very extensively with um, acquisition or prospect data. We work very extensively with our own member and, and group data to help identify um, opportunities in the marketplace, not only um, to acquire new businesses, but to uh, do the things we need to do to retain the uh, groups that we have. Now, Kevin, you, you mentioned that you know we want to heavily utilize data, slice and dice it. Now, we know traditionally people always buy from people, and they do it because they like them, know them, and trust them. Where does this analytics coming and actually adding value? Who would want to really feel warm and fuzzy if they thought that you have literally gone through their whole personal and professional history to figure out how to best pitch to them, and that's how they're getting sold? Because nobody likes to be sold. It, uh, let, let me <clears throat> let me answer it a couple of ways. Um, first of all, um, we work with our brokers to help them simply identify opportunities in marketplaces. We have discovered that uh, brokers have a tendency to gravitate to a book of business that resonates with them. We have we have brokers that are really good in selling, and if if you can believe it, the um, uh, car dealership and automotive space, small groups. We have others that specialize in restaurants. We have others that specialize in retail. So. Well, core, core support function we do is, is simply help provide them with leads within those areas. So uh, it's done at a very, you know, uh, more of a high level than at the, at the level you're suggesting. So that's one activity um, that goes on, and the brokers really appreciate this. Um, and then um, secondly, um, you know, we also work with them. Or, uh, we, we build incentive programs around uh, getting our brokers to um, drive more of a book of business to us. And, again, that, that involves not only selling our core products, which are medical, but also dental, disability, and life as well. And we can tell from our data, you know, the, and the patterns in the data, which brokers tend to have the ability and the skill to sell what. And, Kathy, coming back to you, do you think there is something still profiner or esoteric left in the way uh, a broker would work and or uh, a medical organization uh, or, or, say, for that matter, a healthcare insurance organization like you have been doing business for you to really go back to the drawing board, try to find some new patterns which might be emerging? Is there really business changing besides, of course, the different reforms that are coming about in, in healthcare? Oh, I, I definitely think that business is changing tremendously because um, you're essentially taking a market, health insurance, that was very um, uh, distant, as it were, from an individual. So a lot, their their understanding about, quote, what they was being purchased on their behalf, et cetera, was really not within their control. 
and so they didn't think a lot about it. And now you're going to make it possible for them to actually have very unique decisions about what kind of coverage um, is best for me, what fits with my healthcare needs, what fits with my interests about access to care, what fits with how I want to distribute the spending for healthcare, a lot of things that essentially they were, I'll say, shielded from in the past. And all of us in the healthcare arena have become, you know, very, very interested in the use of really very unique individual level data. And I think this is where big data and the whole big data analytic movement is going to make us understand what motivates people in healthcare, not only from their purchasing, but for their use of healthcare services and also around the much larger issue of of keeping and maintaining their health and making sure that they're um, as healthy as possible, which is a very, very critical piece of um, sort of the whole healthcare purchasing equation. Kevin, do you think the mindset of the very end consumer and or the insured individual or a family has that mindset changed to uh, a significant degree that you have to re-look uh, at the assumptions that were made in the way they perceive healthcare, in the way perceive healthcare insurers, the way they shop, and the way they look for options? I think it has. Um, <clears throat> you know, the ongoing national debate and evolution of, of healthcare reform is certainly made uh, consumers much more aware of options and alternatives that exist in the marketplace and how they can best provide for themselves and their families in terms of coverage. And as uh, Kathy alluded to, some of the preventative and and healthy lifestyle activities they can undertake. So we see this uh, reflected in in the way in which um, groups and individuals gravitate to some plans and some benefit components of plans more than others. So I do think there's a a, a, a very positive benefit of, of educating folks, and it, it goes beyond just price, but also to the product and the services and benefits associated with those plants. So, Kathy, if you were to look at big data, you did mention big data. Now, that's so geeky for a salesperson. Why should they even care? Well, I don't know if it's so geeky for a salesperson, and they definitely should care. Because the more we understand about people, not only the characteristics of people who purchase products, but the more we understand about their use of the product, the better we are able to sell to them and sell them the the right products and the things that they need. Health insurance is a very um, personal um, decision and we can we can be fairly you know confident that anyone everyone who purchases it is at some point going to use it, and they need to think about how they want to be using it and also how um, what both best fits for their personal needs, their financial needs, their family needs, et cetera. And so the more that the quote salesperson understands that, the more likely they are to be able to align the correct products with the needs of the individuals. I mean, no one wants to over-purchase um, a service too much nor under-purchase. Under and I think, unfortunately, many people don't understand well enough about the, their own unique health care needs, what their risks are, et cetera. And it's really, this is, this is a place where the salesperson needs to be not only, you know, presenting the products, but really be an advisor to the individual about what they need to be well-protected. 
So that's where big data helps them out more than any because historically a lot of the information that we've used to understand what is the likely experience of um, somebody's consumption of healthcare services has primarily been based on their age and their gender, et cetera, where they are in terms of their life, married, children, things like that. Whereas we actually know when we look at big data and organizations like Aetna and all large insurers and small as well look um, very, very carefully and very extensively at all of the information that they have on their members to understand them and serve them better, that it's that information that the salespeople need to use and need to understand and welcome to have in order to um, do the best job possible for our members. Now, um, Kevin, if you were to inventory, uh, say, top two or three things which are essentially gaps in the understanding that a salesperson has with respect to the mindset, the way a person thinks, uh, and, and because of which they say, now I need some help from advanced analytics or big data or anything, whatever you can do behind the scenes, but I need this, this information, what would those be? Well, let me start by saying that our, our broker network, um, in general, they're very sophisticated. Obviously, this is their bread and butter. This is how they earn their living, and they're very knowledgeable about the products, and they tend to be pretty knowledgeable about the marketplace. Where we come in and, and assist them, I would say, is, is in two categories. Again, helping them understand perhaps missed or unknown opportunities within their own, uh, their own uh, regions within which they, they try to secure a new opportunity. And, um, and you know, new businesses are coming into uh, existence all the time, uh, particularly in the small group space. Existing businesses uh, are uh, shopping around for perhaps considering change from a, a one carrier to another. And the extent that we can use uh, big data and analytics to help, uh, in effect, target or rank order the, the best prospects for them, uh, they find this immensely important. I'd say the second thing, and, and this will be a byproduct of uh, the legislation and the reform, is that uh, there'll be more transparency than ever before on what brokers sell to whom, um, who their book of business is, what the price points are around those things. That information will become publicly available to all carriers, and so that'll get tapped into and and, and uh, both be a, a boon and a, an increased challenge in, in being able to uh, for brokers to be successful. Now, let's take a quick break, listeners. When we come back, let's look at uh, the the way big data has to be uh, utilized. Can big data help in optimal resource deployment to ensure that there are enough timely and quality conversations happening to yield results? So is it is it something, while it's a means to an end, so can, can suddenly this could turn things around and, and everything will be uh, working in the best possible manner just because we introduced this advanced analytics uh, using big data? Let's explore this when we come back. Please stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Take control of e-discovery with flexible integrated solutions designed for early data assessment, processing, document review, and litigation presentation. LexisNexis offers comprehensive solutions that work together as well as with other industry-leading tools to help you maintain a seamless chain of custody throughout discovery. 
Most of these solutions can be offered in a hosted environment with access to fully customizable support resources dedicated to your success. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, Kathy, question here is that the actual sales happens typically, or the scenario is that the sales happens when we have conversations, and that too happening at the right time, and then to quality and which is educational and helps people. With that said, what do you think is is helped? Oh, how how does big data aid it? How does it help? Okay, well, maybe we should step back for one moment. Let's talk about, you know, big data. I think as always happens in these kinds of environments, um, a, a term sort of takes on a life of its own, and often people don't, don't relate it as accurately as possible to the concept that it's trying to uh, encompass. So at least from our perspective, and um, Kevin and I both are, you know, run large analytic teams at, at, our, at Aetna, um, what we really mean by big data is the ability to bring in large quantities of disparate information and to organize it in ways that, that make it possible for us to do um, analyses of key questions and to be able to um, look at those data that may appear highly disparate, but when we use the sophisticated analytic techniques associated with big data, we can see connections that normally we might not be able to understand um, without these kinds of techniques. So really, when we're talking about big data, we're really talking much more about, quote, big data analytics. And the exciting thing about healthcare, um, and, and at least for me, and I've been in the healthcare analytic world for my whole career, is the fact that it's always been an area that has had an enormous amount of disparate data. And it's always taken complicated um, analytic techniques to understand it and to link together and, and draw conclusions from different pieces. One of the things that's been added to, to sort of the traditional data sets, that set that, as it were, that we've looked at, which would have been things like claims and clinical information and maybe information from our care management programs, information from providers, et cetera, is our ability to now add to that much more real-time or near-time data about how members behave. So their interactions with things like our online tools or with our um, mobile apps, et cetera, and to, to feed that information into all of the other information that we're already collecting to give us a much clearer understanding of the member. And in turn we can then use that to craft not only the, the offerings that we have for our members that we believe will meet their healthcare needs, um, help them use the most efficient, highest quality providers, but at the same time help us to, to then track it, how successful we are there. So that's the context in which we think about big data. 
Now, when you talk about, uh, like, and this is a question for you, Kevin, uh, do you think in down to the brass tacks, do you think sales can help a better, or it can create better leads if it were to leverage big data? Do you think you can actually have a, a, a good system where any lead that comes in, you also have insights so as to who's the best salesperson to uh, handle it based on their individual competencies as well as the type of lead it is, and then actually make the match so that you eventually get the best results for the organization? That's the objective, and you know we feel we're making uh, tangible progress in moving in that direction, which is the better, you know, uh, enabling our brokers and our sales folks to be more successful, selling more of the right product to the right group at the right time, and that's what big data and analytics has helped bring to the table, is a better understanding of the preferences that a prospect or a group might have, and how to uh, take an existing. Uh, uh, plan sponsor and transition them to uh, appropriate plans in order to retain them or to identify the kind of plan that would resonate most with a prospect. And again, all of that can be uh, driven off of data that we have, uh, the the kinds of data that uh, Kathy alluded to uh, can be uh, massage manipulated in ways that that show underlying patterns that might not have been self-evident in a more traditional just sales-driven environment. So... Uh, listen, it's 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 very well received on the broker side, right? They they make their money by selling more. So if we can make them aware of the 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 appropriate product that should be presented first to a particular group, and that can resonate with that group, then they're just so much further down the conversation toward uh, a close than they otherwise might be. Now. Kathy, you did mention about how uh, we have to get a better handle on on uh, the very health insurance segment and then try to make the most of any technology that's out there. Do you think uh, the potential of big data to be able to create a natural market segmentation, which will allow you to have the sales leader work uh, within their group to create a very fluid strategy and as as the world changes around them, they kind of navigate through it and and still come out as winners. Well, segmentation is an interesting issue, and we've always um, talked about segmentation in the healthcare market. I can tell you that um, historically, one of the ways that we've used market segmentation is less on the sales side, and actually more on the delivery side. Meaning that you know. Our goal is to 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 make our members as healthy um, as they possibly can be, and we've used a lot of segmentation information to actually understand how to interact with our members in terms of care management programs and other kinds of offerings. I think, and and as we have more information, and this is a way that big data does help us, we can obviously make those segments you know narrower, more specific. Um, more descriptive, stronger profiles, all of those kinds of things are clearly key elements of the big data movement. Um, one of the things you have to be careful about with big data is that you don't, is that after you're sort of done with the analytic piece of it, what things seem to be clustering together, et cetera, that in fact those things still hang together from a operational perspective. Are they clinically accurate? Are they demographically accurate, et cetera? Just because you tend to see clusters of something doesn't mean, doesn't mean that, that those things actually work together. 
so that there is, um, you know, if we think of the analytic side as the quantitative side, there's still a highly qualitative side of, of the um, analysis of the information. And that's really where we we big data analytics piece into something that we can put to operation. And that's that's really how you work with the segments as well in terms of having those different pieces. I think the other thing that we want to be make you know, include in this discussion is that as sort of the health insurance market is changing, also the health marketplace in terms of the kinds of services that are available to members is also changing. And that's very important to us, meaning that we're seeing a growth of different kinds of services that are available out in the market, you know, from things as simple as, uh, you know, primary care retail clinics uh, within, within drugstores to different ways of purchasing um, prescription drugs to different kinds of interest in access and use of complementary medicine. All of those things are also changing in the healthcare marketplace, and we as a health insurer have to reflect the the interest in in our members and consumers and having access and use of those kinds of healthcare services. And that's another place where big data is very, very helpful because we can look at that and we can understand how do changes in the marketplace change um, the use and access to services of our members. And let me um, add to that, um, Kathy alluded to the operational side, and it's not just in terms of delivery of, of, of medical care and, and uh, healthy outcome types of services, but all of the touch points we have today with our members. I mean, that, that truly is a big data challenge because between our call centers and our websites and mobile, and we have a chat uh, called Ask And, and, you know, what are called EOBs, Explanation of Benefits, that get sent out, the statement you get when, whenever you visit a doctor and the, the disposition of the, the coverage and the payment around that, that exceeds um, 800 million touches a year uh, off of our member base. And a tremendous amount of, of data to analyze, but I think more important, all those touch points create opportunities to service and satisfy our members and getting alignment around those things. So if somebody's calling in who we know who has diabetes and we have a particular new diabetes program, we might want to educate them on that opportunity or direct them to a URL, a web link, where there's more information on that. So we're all very excited about adopting some of the tools and techniques that are pretty commonplace in, in you know, the, the multi-channel marketing worlds of retail and financial services, they're, they're also being fleshed out today uh, in healthcare. So if you were to look at a quota, and I know we all want to make our numbers, do you think uh, it's a good idea to keep a sky-high quota and never be able to make it or keep it too low so your forecasting suffers? What's what, how, how does a sales organization come to a point where it comes pretty close to what is actually achievable. We are we are almost trying to get a crystal ball, but is that realistic expectation to set in the first place? Kathy? Well, I think the first thing is that um, Aetna's publicly traded organization, um, our sales forecasts, our public information, and it is you know, it behooves us to set them realistically and then successfully meet them. Um, and so, and, and that's what we try to do um, at every turn. Um, the the um, the use of information and historic information, you know, big data is not only about projecting the future; it's about understanding the past. 
and therefore our ability to understand um, when we are successful, why we are successful, which kinds of you know sales situations make for the greater success is equally as important in terms of, of setting our our um, forecasts and then achieving them successfully. So, Kevin, do you think there are specific areas where you sure can provide the data, which has, which you can, where you can say there will be a tangible impact, and that's measurable? Because what you can measure is what you can improve. I mean, is there a direct correlation that I provided this data, and that's where there was a corresponding increase, or is it more like a soft dotted line connections we are making between an investment in a technology and or a process like big data and the increase in the sales numbers? Well, you know, the, the beautiful thing about big data and analytics is it's data-driven, right, numbers-driven. So we're, it's not just about the data. It's about cr- constructing a test-and-learn or test-and-refined environment, and we apply that kind of discipline to everything we do. So if we come up with a new sales incentive program and roll that out, we measure how that uh, performs against, uh, you know, certain key metrics, the kinds of brokers who are selling, who's selling what, and so on, and uh, always try and, and, and arrive at some kind of ROI, return on investment, tied to to that uh, initiative. Um, and and it's iterative, you know. That there's no a lot of times you win games with singles and bunts and not home runs. So we're always in the process of tweaking and refining and finding ways to be more effective on uh, not just the sales arena, but in all areas of our business. So to something Kathy alluded to a, mo- a moment ago, we, we will discover, for example, that in a particular marketplace we're not doing so well, and we may discover that our products don't resonate in that area. That, that leads us to go look at what the competitors are selling, do some comparisons, and make a determination if we need to modify our product offerings in that place to be more competitive. Now, uh, let's take a quick break, listeners. When we come back, let's look at the ability of a salesperson to be able to leverage big data to become better as a salesperson versus only using it as a tool. So to what degree this technology or this data-driven approach to how you get someone to take money out of their pocket makes a salesperson more effective, efficient, and smarter. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back and explore. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Take control of e-discovery with flexible, integrated solutions designed for early data assessment, processing, document review, and litigation presentation. LexisNexis offers comprehensive solutions that work together as well as with other industry-leading tools to help you maintain a seamless chain of custody throughout discovery. Most of these solutions can be offered in a hosted environment with access to fully customizable support resources dedicated to your success. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. 
Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. So, Kevin, do you think we are still using this data and this analytics as a tool, or do you think the salesperson could be, besides getting enabled, the person can actually become effective and a better salesperson? Using using big I, data. I think it's both. It's clearly the data and the analytics are enablers. Um, again, as Kathy pointed out, we rely heavily on a broker network. And these these individuals, these men and women, are very savvy. They if they don't sell, they don't eat. Right? They don't. Uh, they should then go into some other line of work. So, they really understand the rhythms of the business. They understand the customers out there. They under they 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 practice and refine their sales pitches and so on. So they've been very receptive to um, the support and assistance we provide, uh, not only in, in terms of data, but also in helping them understand some of the larger rhythms in the marketplace, the implications of healthcare reform, the, the changes in legislation uh, that, that could impact their markets or the states in which they play. And, um, and, and, you know, and that helps foster and deepen a relationship that we have with the brokers because uh, brokers tend to—I don't want to say have favorites, but you know—they uh, they tend to give a, uh, some of them a disproportionate amount of their book of business to one carrier as opposed to another. So, it's in our interest to keep them well educated, give them the uh, products, the collateral, the marketing communications they need to be uh, effective in the jobs that they do. So, I, I think that, that Kevin said something um, that, that perhaps we haven't emphasized as much as we should that, that seems perfectly obvious, which is that the broker is obviously selling products for multiple companies. I mean, the broker is also selling all of the, all of the products of our competitors as well. And, and so, from a broker perspective, that if we think of big data as sort of having two sides to it, um, in, in the sales process. One, of, one side of it is to provide information about members, members purchasing patterns, their utilization patterns, et cetera. But the other side of it is the analysis of the, let's call it the successes, the wins and losses of the broker, which is a very, very interesting area because it, it brings into play sort of the behavior and the, the um, capabilities of the broker in addition to the actual strengths, strengths and weaknesses of the specific products that the broker is selling. So from, from where, where I sit, I would say that the use of big data for an individual broker is critical in terms of their ability to understand um, what's successful for them and how to, um, to direct their efforts in order to, to meet and, and grow their sales quotas. Now, if you were to ask you, Kathy, what is it that the salespeople say in terms of what all investments that have been made, all the numbers that have been provided? What is their direct input to you folks? Um, usually their direct input to us is around um, shortcomings in the products that we're offering. We need products that have more first dollar coverage. We need products that have more um, out of network coverage. We need products that are have you know greater limits on um, you know access to um, ancillary services, things like that. Because they'll be telling us that in the market, if they have 
have products like that from, from competitors, that they've been more successful in selling those. And, you know, as our um, president, uh, Mark Berlini, is um, fond of saying, all healthcare is local. And that's very, very true. And, and even though we think of healthcare in this large, um, homogeneous way, in fact, it is very, very local. You need to craft products that are specific to the market. People buy healthcare locally. And therefore, you need to make sure, and, and, and let me sell on brokers are selling their products locally, you need to make sure that the products that we're offering fit with the kinds of services that are available in that market and fit with um, the utilization um, biases or characteristics of, of that area. I mean, we know there's an enormous amount of research that's been done about geographic variation in access and use of healthcare services. And obviously that information fits together very closely with the kinds of things that we do from a big data analytic perspective in terms of understanding um, and building and selling the products that we offer. Now, the the investments that have already been made, and Kevin, this is for you, uh, and the trials that have been carried out, do you think you can isolate uh, a small group or percentage of, or, or the type for that matter, of data and analytics that has truly helped them? Because you could load them uh, with all different slice and dicing of, of whatever information is available. But what's truly helping out? And if you were to say, I spent $100 on all of this analytics and it is an 80-20 rule, so only 20% of the analytics working, what's, what's, what are you seeing out there when you, when you look? at big data versus how it's enabling sales? Um, you know, the the underpinnings of, of big data here, and I think at any corporation, go well beyond just sales. You know, we support a range of business functions, uh, marketing operations, uh, product development, and so on. So uh, it's not always possible to sort of break out the impact in one particular area. Um, we can see from our own data and in and, and terms of performance, and again, these things are complicated. It's It's not a perfect laboratory out there with control groups. There are lots of factors that contribute to our success and the ability of us to grow our book of business consistently year over year over year. But some of that, you know, uh, can be can be attributable to failures on the part of the competition uh, as much as successes on our part. So it's a little hard to pinpoint a, a specific number that, that you can say uh, it caused X or generated Y. But we do consistently and religiously um, apply metrics um, to all of our projects and all of our initiatives to demonstrate value add and return. Um, and those things that work, we refine and, and keep working and, and, de- and deploying. And those things that, that, that don't work, we, we stop doing. Um, and look, we learn as much from the things that don't work as we do from the things that do. So um, it, it, we, we see big data, we see analytics, we see data-driven um, uh, decision making is just foundational. It's table stakes today in any large company that's consumer facing, and probably in, uh, in in other arenas as well. So um, we live and we are developing disciplines around this um, to to grow our business. And very, you know, obviously very pleased. Um, it's an appropriate investment, and it's an investment that will continue to be made uh, as, as it, it becomes, you know, we continue to demonstrate the success that can get engendered by um, understanding the patterns of behavior in our members, in our groups, and, and how we manage our business. 
Now, do you think we can have uh, salespeople who typically likes to keep things simple for themselves and for their customers because that's when they can effectively sell? How are we keeping things simple behind the scenes no matter how complicated things are? So, Kathy, what is, what is it that's done by the technology group and the analytics group or should be done by, by these groups behind the scenes so that what's presented to the salespeople is not overwhelming because we don't want to take them out of their core DNA? So we, um, you know, we absolutely um, shield sort of what I'll call our analytic end users from a lot of what goes on in order to to get to the results that we share with them. But I think it's a it's a two way street. We we also listen very closely to our sales teams, to the brokers, et cetera, in terms of what are what kind of information will they find the most useful and how sh- how it should be presented to them. We present a lot of information in dashboards. We spend a lot, present a lot of information in sort of trends because that's something that they are accustomed to be seeing and they're, if they're interested in it, they can also very easily link it together with information that they're getting from about other um, companies that they're selling, et cetera. And, and we find that that really works the most effectively for them. We also use um, techniques where if we are um, entering into, let's say, a new area of investigation, what do we think is the role of, for instance, information from some of the social networking interactions, et cetera, we might actually take some time and do some background work with them, edu- you know, sort of education kind of webinar kinds of arrangements, et cetera, to get them much more um, knowledgeable about um, that area and then extract from that kernels of information that we think will be useful for them in the sales process. I mean, my experience has been, and I think Kevin um, has, iter- uh, has said this as well, is that the people who are selling in this market are, in fact, extremely well um, uh, schooled in, in how the market works and what their um, purchasers are looking for. They understand very um, at a very sophisticated level how health insurance works, how the healthcare system works, and they lo- use it to their advantage. It's not all that dissimilar from working with a financial planner or somebody who, who you expect to have a much greater understanding of the market than you do you're just you're making a purchasing decision, but you really rely on um, experts in the field to help you understand and to sift the information for you as a purchaser. And that's certainly in our experience with with the brokers, and as in, even in the employer purchasing situation with HR, et cetera. These people are extremely knowledgeable, and they love the information. It's actually an area where information is extremely powerful. They love seeing the information, and they expect us to be able to prove and defend um, our uh, results based on information, and we try as best we can to deliver it to them. Now, uh, Kevin, wouldn't it be beautiful that if salesperson comes back and say, my customer says, I want this, I want this, and this is how it should be done, and you say, we already know that, we're already working on it because our big data told us so. How much of that wow factor has actually been introduced if you are still dependent on salesperson to go and have those conversations and then bring back the information to you it's same old same old so what did 
big data do in 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 a in a in a major way which would require or justify the related investments yeah i'm not sure we see so much of a wow factor as a um confirmation of of either opportunities or challenges that exist in the marketplace as i alluded to earlier we may discover in a particular city or metro area we're not as competitive as we would like to be and we do rely but believe me heavily on our brokers because they're they got they're the feet on the ground they're the people that are local that can tell us you know hey why are you, why are you selling someone else's products and not ours and that often leads to again insights into product design into service support into pricing um where there may be opportunities for us to reconfigure to become more competitive and more effective in in competing in those market places um i think to the extent that there's a, a wow factor i think uh, brokers and and this is not true not only for brokers but providers and others uh one of the great uh uh, uh you know um uh, advances that big data and and what i what i would also call data visualization offer is to allow people to visualize patterns in the data and they get to see things that that don't necessarily bounce off of a pivot table or a spreadsheet <clears throat> and um you know over time you know we as many organizations have have become more skilled in packaging and displaying or summarizing that information in visuals that uh, do create that aha moment to say wow what's going on over in this region of the country or this state or why did this product uh, quarter over quarter month over month see a, a, a sharp uh, decrease in in sales so um it it's a it's a uh, indispensable um addition if you will to the 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 tools and the you know the the arrows in our quiver that we have by which we go out seeking uh, opportunity in the market in a very competitive and, and ferocious marketplace Let's take a quick break listeners when we come back let's look at the people side of it at the end of the day sales force is comprised of sales people yes we want to refine the process yes we want to use data and analytics to help them get better most of the places where we try to do things similar to this they fall flat because of the very adoption why doesn't an organization which has all the opportunity to use analytics that's made available still doesn't want to use it and they want to go about their own ways doing the things that they've been doing for the last 10 20 years whatever the tenure has been so how do you make sure that when the big data related investments are made and analytics analytics is presented the sales force the sales organization embraces it uses it and actually leverages it to bring the best results that are possible please stay tuned we'll be right back and explore voice america business network the bottom line in business take control of e-discovery with flexible integrated solutions designed for early data assessment, processing, document review and litigation presentation. LexisNexis offers comprehensive solutions that work together as well as with other industry leading tools to help you maintain a seamless chain of custody throughout discovery. Most of these solutions can be offered in a hosted environment with access to fully customizable support resources dedicated to your success. The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, uh, Kathy, perhaps you could take this in terms of the adoption. So uh, we understand that healthcare is going aggressively in, in using big data and any and all possible technologies and process improvements to make sure that we get better. Many a times it's seen, I'm not sure always in healthcare, but maybe in other industries where all the information that's offered to salespeople, it seems like they're built off a different DNA, that the, the process-centric approach and or something which is very data-driven approach not always uh, gets adopted to the degree that you would like. So how can we get the most out of the investment that's been made? Because at the last mile, it's all about people again. Well, first of all, I think... Um We've been talking a lot about the Affordable Care Act and what it's going to do in terms of bringing new people into the market. And so I think that that from a sales perspective, um, people who are selling in this market have to understand that they have a whole new um, group of people who who previously might never have purchased health care. And so um, these are sophisticated salespeople usually, and therefore they are thirsty for information in order to help them understand how to start to get involved in that market. So I think at least here, um, I think we've been seeing already the adoption of big data analytic methods to help in that sales process. And I think um, what you'll see in general in sales is that if a historic method, you know, starts to prove to be um, unsuccessful or if all of a sudden you have a new market that you've never had to sell to before, um, if you found information to be helpful and supportive of your sales processes, then you're going to be an early adopter of these kinds of techniques. And, and let me, um, if I could add to that in a, in a different dimension, which is perhaps a little more on the technical side, um, we're seeing the you know adoption and deployment of various form factors, right? It's no longer just coming in with an order book. You come in with a laptop now. You come in with an iPad. You come in with a mobile. And to the extent that we can provide them with tools, um, guided selling techniques, scripting, uh, uh, comparison charts, uh, benefit coverage detail um, displayed in ways that's readily uh, understandable, not just by the broker but by the the prospect. All of these things, um, in 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 one way, shape, or form, actually d- derive themselves or downstream uh, derivatives from from big data and analytics. Um, we've been very pleased. For example, we ha- we have our own chat uh, capability on our site called Ask And, and um, the uptake and, and volume there has been been uh, very sizable, um, orders of magnitude. And we're finding, you know, every week we keep tweaking that and, and changing that to respond to the kinds of queries and questions that are being posed that we hadn't thought of previously. So, it's an, again, it's an iterative refinement and a dynamic that helps us both uh, provide. Uh, real-time answers to to important questions, and and to provide uh, better customer engagement, and and allow us to uh, also identify areas where we may need to put more time, energy, and effort in in uh, a particular uh, category of, su- of service or product support. 
Now, uh, when we look at the salesperson's uh, mindset, who's always used to using their own uh, own intuition and other training and experience that they have had, and now we bring this big data. It's almost like buying a GPS for your car, and then if you lose it, you simply feel scared going to any other place because you don't know how will you navigate through it. Are we in any way making people dependent on big data or any other analytics and taking away the very core that a salesperson has, which is intuition and knowing how to navigate through different situations and actually make the sale. Kathy, what do you think from a people standpoint and that very, could it have a crippling effect? Well, I don't know. I still know where my maps are. So I, <laughs> I think, that, I think that people will, um, will, will continue to, to, to use, you know, as you say, in, intuition, et cetera, as where as a starting point. We all start with our um, our core capabilities, and then then add to it additional information that makes it possible for us to to reach better decisions. I certainly think that you know there are many many things that that we now have you know at our fingertips in this highly you know interactive. Um, uh, electronic world that it's, uh, I, for one, you know, would find it hard to do without. Um, I think big data is that as it loses some of its hype, it will start to be um, sort of just a, a, a incorporated and a constant so that the context of sort of, quote, taking it away, et cetera, will start to look like, uh, you know, you go to a restaurant and they don't have Wi-Fi, you sort of like, how could that possibly be? So I think that will take a little bit of time, but I think it will it will become just part of the daily fabric of, of our thinking and our decision-making. Now, Kevin, do you think there is anything that you would look at with respect to sales leadership's mindset and the way they carry out? What should they be doing in order to making the best use of what you bring to the table, which is sales analytics and other tools leveraging big data? What's your appeal to that that group? Well, um, you know, the nice thing is that this stuff, they get it, and that's the biggest uh, uh, advantage we have. Um, you know, they're interested in anything and everything that will help them be more effective salespeople, and, and you know, this is their – this is their job. This is how they earn a living. Um, so this stuff really does, uh, you know, resonate with them. It's it's not like we're trying to treat, you know, the old saw about the, an old dog new tricks. Um, that's not to say there aren't um, some people that, that don't embrace this as readily as others. But uh, on the main, um, you know, everybody, uh, tech, you know, change is a constant, and everybody's embracing the new tools, the techniques, the the new types of data, the new types of selling approaches. Uh, that have evolved over the last several years. Um, you know, phones now, I, I like to kid that uh, I have this device I carry around. It's a GPS. It's a, a Rolodex. Uh, it gives me access to the Internet. And, oh, by the way, I can even make phone calls with it, right? So it's the same sort of thing. We're we're putting in the hands of our salespeople new tools and technology that never existed before, and they like it, and they want it, and it helps them be more effective, more knowledgeable on the products and services they sell. Uh, enables them to stream, streamline the enrollment process. So it's not just about the, the, the front end of selling, it's the back end as well. Uh, enables them to query databases uh, regarding the status of an application. Perhaps a piece of information is missing that needs to be uh, garnered from the, the prospect and so on. So 
Um, uh, it's an easy sell, if you will. Um, they like it. Uh, we like that they like it, and we listen to the things. Um, you know, we 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 support here a uh, uh, an 800 number for all of our brokers, and we get input constantly on things that they would like us to to do better um, or refine. Or gee, it would be great if you could do X, Y, and Z. And we listen because it's in everyone's interest to 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 be better in all the things that we do. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thank you so much, Kathy and Kevin, for sharing your thoughts on how big data can actually help sales make its numbers. You're more than welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, so, if uh, listeners, if you have any questions or comments, send us to views at ciotalkradio.com. And also, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. And next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Join Sanjog All next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific for another hour of CIO Talk Radio. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by Citrix, offering go-to assist, remote support made easy. CIO Talk Radio was brought to you by LexisNexis Litigation Solutions.